0: Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's Baggies broadcast. Please don't adjust your sets. It's Andy Turton with you today. Nathan Judah and uh, Luke Hatfield are otherwise engaged. Um, I'm with the man, the legend, uh, West Brom <laughs> uh, reporter Matt Wilson. Uh, it's been a busy week, Matt. Has it this week? Yeah, it's been a very busy week. Um, you know, normally we
1: do the podcast on Monday, but for reason, other reasons, obviously, uh, we were otherwise engaged. Um, Covering the sacking of Tony Pulis, and uh, yeah it's been a hectic week um, and I think it uh, the fun's just begun because obviously the search is on, so the uh,
0: search is definitely on it's been uh, yeah been a heck of a week I think obviously we spoke previous weeks you know about sort of this fear this foreboding that it was maybe coming uh, and uh, yeah it finally happened on Monday um I mean obviously you at the game the weekend uh, what was the atmosphere like towards the end it was a it was a funny one really I,
1: although it was It did get a bit ugly at times. It wasn't as toxic as I thought it was going to be. Right. Um, And I think that was even more worrying
0: for the board. People had just given up. You know, there were so many empty blue seats, well, even at the start of the game. This is it. I only managed to catch highlights and stuff this week. I was, I couldn't get down to the ones this week, but you could just see the, the, you know, tons of open empty seats. You know, I mean, I, that's that's maybe a little bit of the legacy, isn't it? Really, yeah, that apathy from the fans, as you know, it's shown up so much, hasn't it, recently? And loads of them couldn't even be bothered to stay around and and,
1: and sing Pulis out. You know, yeah. they just left.
0: Yeah, um, yeah,
1: yeah. which. For me, is even worse because you're not only there's no passion left. No, no. So that's even worse than actually calling for his head, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that would probably worry the board more. Yeah. Because you know, people have just it's it's it, well, it, it robbed them of their passion. Yeah. Towards the end, and I think you know a lot of the fans made their made their case heard away at Huddersfield, and they just thought they they I think maybe they also sort of saw
0: saw what was happening on the pitch. Mm and they realised for me it was the sort of performances of the players I mean obviously not denying the fact that they want to be there they want to uh, play but but for me I don't know whether they, they, they just seemed like they were going through the motions and it just didn't look for me like the performance was actually backing up the manager really. it was a strange performance because you had half of the players were really giving it their all yeah.
1: like so, Claudio Jacob Yeah, I thought Jay Rodriguez as well kept going um, James McLean when he came on hmm. Um but then there were some players who really looked like they had taken their foot off the gas. I mean, Krakowiak was dragged off at half time. Yeah. Um, there were a few others who, who would, like you say, they just looked, well, whether they were shell-shocked yeah, from going 3-0 down so quickly, I don't mm. know. Because they did start well, to be fair to them. But yeah, it was a telling performance, I thought. And um, although Pulis you know, insisted towards the end, and Gary Megson has insisted this week that he didn't lose the dressing room, you know, what we're hearing is that actually there were quite a few players unhappy mm. by the end. And you and you can you can understand that because I think Pulis' methods are okay when you're winning, but they can't be very fun when you're losing. No.
0: Well, I thought it was interesting what Megson has to say about um, sort of the three-year sort of limit. You know, almost people, you know, the coaching methods and that for whatever reasons just didn't seem to ring true with them anymore. Is that... Is that a little bit? It seemed well, to me how it was working it's a com- out.
1: It's a common theme throughout football. When you look at Mourinho, and you look at other other um, managers, have found a similar sort of sort of problem that. Basically, Megson was saying, to, if, you've not see, if you've not seen the, the quotes, that um, you know, the first year you, you tell a player to jump, he, he jumps. The second year you tell, <laughs> tell a player to jump, he says how high. And the third year you tell a player to jump, and they say well, we've been doing that the last two years. Yeah. And there might have been, you know, a sort of familiarity with Pulis's methods um, that, yeah, just didn't work this season. Now you could argue that bringing Megson as an assistant should have shaken it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, perhaps Megson's approach is a bit too similar to Pulis's. Mm. Um, and you wonder whether that that by the end the players had just got bored of it and grown, and not bored, but found it tedious. And also,
0: you know, the main factor is it wasn't getting the results. No. What do you think his main legacy is for me? I mean, I think that Beulah, you know, obviously brought stability at a time when the club had been through managers such as Irvine and and, and uh, Pepe Mel. Um, uh, that obviously, you know, uh, it, it, it seemed like a club that was seriously drifting. And it, you know, was it the fact that he was the right man at that time, and, and maybe you know it didn't mean that could prog- the progress couldn't be made going forward?
1: He was certainly the right man at the time. I think his legacy will be very much like. His reign, it will be divisive. It'll be one that divides fans for years to come. I think there are plenty of fans already who who are grateful for what he did, and rightly so. Um, but then there will be also plenty of fans who who will point to the poor attendances. Um, you know, the fact that there were a lot of empty seats during a lot of his a lot of his time here. Um, and the let's be honest, the the dreadful football at times. And um, you know. It depends on what happens next, I think, how it's looked back on with fondness or not. He'd certainly improved the squad. The squad is in a, in a better position now than it was uh, when he took over. Um, the club's probably in a better position. It's got a stronger foundation. Um, but he just couldn't take it on to that next level. Mm. And um, you know, we, 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 we've spoken to um, John Weil this week about it, and he said he just didn't seem to be able to get off first base and you kind, of you kind of agree with that. You know, he, he, he had all the tools in place. He put them in place himself, in fact, but then he didn't, didn't know how to use them, um, which is a shame, um, but unfortunately, it's what a lot of people expected.
0: Yeah. The team seemed to chop and change quite often for me. You know, it never seemed set. in those these last few games, you know, I think he was forever searching for some sort of method that, that, that never really come true. I know that he, we, he stuck religiously to sort of this three in the middle. Um, and, um, and we spoke at length in previous podcasts about us, sort of frustrations at thinking, you know, there's got to be more to it. And uh, yeah, But for me, the rest of the team sort of seemed um, like, you know, it was liable to change. It never seemed to know whether he wanted to play too up front or whether to, you know, Push um, Rodriguez wider, and and what, and obviously there was issues around Chadley, Whether he was in and out, it didn't seem to sort of set all his mind on, on sort of how to use him best. So yeah, it, it just seemed like you know it had come to a time when he, you know I, I think he showed that on the on the sideline a little bit, even on Saturday from what I saw. Well, by the end he was
1: almost pleading with the with the uh, the board to sack him. I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, his, his, his last few press conferences, or his last, certainly his, his pre-match press conference before the Chelsea game and his post-match press conference after the Chelsea game, it was almost a plea for the bullet. Um, he'd realized that, I think he'd realized that his relationship with the fans and, and, and argue, and although he didn't say it publicly, but maybe the players had gone beyond the point of no return. Um, that being said, you know, some people have said, oh, we, he should have got the bullet earlier. I think, to be fair to John Williams, he probably did it at the right time. You know, he Pulis did do what he was asked to last season. He gave, gave them a top half finish. I know things tailed off towards the end of the season, but it was good for a few months. And in this age of where clubs act too soon, it, I do think that boards should give managers time to turn form around. And I think that they acted at the right time. You know, they waited until it, it, it has got to a point where it was obvious that it wasn't rescuable.
0: Um, I mean from my point of view I think he was uh, I think possibly whether there was another couple of weeks that they might have given him but I think the reaction on, on on Saturday and just the general sort of state of the performance and stuff just did leave nowhere else where else to go Yeah
1: I think I think uh, Williams has been has been you know quietly behind the scenes trying to find a replacement since the Huddersfield game you know he he he's not he's not naive he probably could have seen this coming um, I was and, go- he was, and he was at least making plans should this eventuality happen. So, you know, I'm sure he was, you know, doing his due diligence and uh, has been making inquiries um, behind the scenes. I think he wanted to remove Pulis and then announce a, another head coach mm-hmm. as quickly as possible, the one he wanted, because then you don't have this, you know, unnecessary um, sort of problem or that you've got now with, with, a, with an interim head coach. Now, to be fair, Gary Megson, he called a press conference yesterday, um, almost to sort of set the record straight uh, uh, and stop people putting two and two together. Though those were his words, because he didn't want people thinking that um, you know he's, he's he's found a route back into football and now he's found a route
0: back into management. Um, well, that was certainly my sort of thoughts when I first saw the, the statement from the club. It, it was sort of the terminology about the foreseeable future type of line. I thought that this, you know, this was sort of shaping up that, that he could be in place for the rest of the season. He
1: didn't throw his hat into the ring by any stretch. You no, know, This is not a David Unsworth situation where you've got Unsworth publicly saying, I want the job. Megson, I thought he handled himself very well on Tuesday. You know, He said he was, he was obviously sad that his mate had got sacked. Um, and he gave that the right credence. He, he was quick to point out that he only got back into football because of Pulis. He, he 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 wouldn't have done it for anybody else. And he was he was quite quick to shut down these suggestions of you know a Machiavellian plot. Um, and, I, and, and I and I and I do believe him. I don't think there was anything. I don't think there was anything like that involved. Um, I think it was it was purely you know a, a bad situation and. You know as the most experienced member of the backroom staff with most you know, 650 games under his belt as a manager, he's been asked to stand in his interim and he knows it's not going to be for long. Now, yes, when I put to him that um, should the search drag on and should results pick up, do you then become a contender? And he said, look, obviously that that might happen, but as it stands, that's not the situation. And he's not a contender at the moment. That could happen in the future. But I'd be very
0: surprised. Well, it seems like behind the scenes, it's rel- it's it's moving along at a pace behind the scenes. I would imagine the board and and, and Williams are sort of looking at things, you know, and developing their their, their short list quite strongly. They've already spoken for your reports. Uh, that Alan Pardew, sort of the the main man, uh, you know, appears to be quite high, if not the top of that short list. You know, for me, he's he's obviously bringing that experience through Newcastle and through Palace. Um, um, obviously sort of a guy who's, who's, who's racked up so many games so many um, uh, sort of uh, manager of jobs that he you know he, he feels like he's a guy who could come in and do a job for West Brom uh, quite quickly sort of find his his, uh, his feet quickly because he, he's seen as that sort of impact manager for me uh, What what what's the sort of thinking you know, is it looking like he's sort of really top of the tree at the minute
1: well I think he is almost by default you know the club have Made um, Premier League experience um, not essential but a very big box that they want to tick. They would prefer to have it basically. They would prefer the candidate to have it because they're aware that they're one place and one point above the drop zone and they almost are in this situation where they need um, someone who's got the experience to guide them to safety. I'm not saying he has to be a firefighter but just the experience that's going to get you points but also. You know, plays a certain way that is going to appease the fan base and win back the fan base as well. Um, now, Pardew, his, the, the links to him have generated an interesting response from the fans. Some people don't don't like the idea because they think, in the same way as the Moyes job, it's 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 the same old faces. It's not a bold appointment, and I would tend to agree with that. I would I would say that Pardew does play. A much a more expansive style than Pulis mm-hmm. I know that's not difficult. No, yes, but he, <laughs> yeah, but he does. I was going to say, yeah. but he does, and he has a history of going into into clubs and having an immediate reaction in the first sort of twelve to eighteen months when everything is rosy. Yeah, what happens after that? It falls down. It, it has tended to fall down. Now, I'm sure the club are doing their due diligence and looking at each. Each of those situations, you know, at Newcastle and Crystal Palace, about why that happened. You've got to remember that Nick Hammond worked with him at Reading, so he knows him as a person. He knows what he's like, his his, his character, and and, and so forth. So that'll play a big part in it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Hammond is part of the part of the um, the panel who will who will help pick this pick this new head coach alongside John Williams and. and Director of Football
0: Administration, Richard Garlick. And it feels like it's, it's got that experience there this time, you know. I, this isn't sort of a situation where they're, 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 you know, they're going to struggle to sort of formulate their ideas on the right man to come in. I believe they've got the footballing men in there that sort of know an idea of how they want to sort of progress with it all. Yeah,
1: well, I think Nick Hammond and, uh, and John Williams are footballing men. Williams, he made quite a few shrewd appointments when he was at Blackburn, um, you know, likes of Allardyce, Mark Hughes, um, they all went well for him. He'd been a couple of poor choices, but I you know, I don't think any any chief exec or chairman out there has, has, has got a hundred <laughs> well, percent. I mean not even Jeremy pasted,
0: did he? <laughs> no, <laughs> so, there exactly.
1: Go. Um, you know, Paul Paul Ince was, was, was a was a mistake. Um but that, and that was a that was a bold choice from the lower leagues. So I wonder if that's why he's thinking Premier League experience is key and necessary, um, because he's done that in the past and made a bold choice and it's not worked. Um I would like to see them make maybe a bit of a bit of a more bolder choice because I believe that the the fans have almost they've been in the Premier League now for eight years and they've almost I'm not saying they want to get relegated not by any stretch I'm not saying they even would welcome it I, I just think that there are other things that are more important now potentially or just as important and that is the goodwill of the fan base
0: enjoying going to the Hawthorns. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, me, and, and a manager that you can get behind. Yeah, for me it is definitely just about going to a home game and feeling like you've 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 watched something that's that's in, that you've really enjoyed for 90 minutes. Really, you know. Um, I think we, we're quite pragmatic as Baggies fans and sort of understand that you know you're not going to win every week. You're not always uh, going to be sort of the the headline sort of on, on match of the day in the top club. But uh, you know you want to just sort of feel that you can go there, have a good atmosphere, good experience because you can sit in the stands at the moment and. People people are almost arguing amongst themselves a little bit, you know, there's, there's almost that sort of, you know, needle about it because there was obviously the fans out there who were prepared to keep giving Pulis sort of time to to, to do and try and pull it round because of who he was and because of his experience but there was also plenty of people that wanted him out, wanted him gone and that have generally been fed up with the sort of performances that they've seen at home not under not just under Pulis but also predecessors as well, you know and, and feel like you, you've not really got massive value for money for, for you know three four five seasons at home in some ways you know so uh, you know maybe bringing someone in like you said who's going to uh, who's going to sort of maybe change the philosophy of the football and have an impact in the opening games would sort of you know hopefully uh, bring you that better stage of football whether it's going to be sort of the sort of thing that you want in long term I don't know because
1: I, and that's the issue with Pardew isn't it um whether he can whether it we'll would be a long term appointment but we, we wait and see you know he's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination you know um, there are other there are obviously going to be other names and candidates being put
0: forward and on the short list so because it looks I don't know from the outside that the odds have sort of lengthened a little bit in the last 28-48 hours in, on sort of Sam Allardyce and, and Ronald Koeman is that how you are sort of seeing it well I think it?
1: Allardyce um, he retired partly due to health concerns and I think that's a big factor for him I mean I know he was interested in the Everton job um but I want the the, the the feeling is that maybe a, a sort of a, a, a firefighter job would not be would not be what he would uh, almost risk coming back for um so because I,
0: I, he did well with Sunderland didn't he and then obviously got the Huge job in Tasker taking over as, as England gaffer, and, and we know what happened there. But so, you know, would I, I he go he, down? Would he really want another Sunderland sort of? You I know, think he'd, like, exactly exactly that. You know, he's
1: at that stage of his career, whether he can pick and choose. And you know, that being said, I do think the Albion job is an attractive one because the squad's good. Um, they're an established Premier League club, and we're quite early in the season. You know, a couple, a couple of wins, and all of a sudden it's all rose again. Just look at Leicester. You know, I think it wouldn't take much to turn it around. Um, you know, I mean, well, we'll wait, we'll wait to see actually how they play on Saturday because that will tell us probably
0: whether it will take a lot to turn it around or not. Well, I think the new manager who comes in could actually see a real benefit in the fixtures that we've got. I mean, we were under the impression, I think, probably that Megson will sort of pick the team for Saturday. But coming out off the back of that with Newcastle and and, uh, and Swansea and Palace, uh, you know, I think that there's a chance for a guy to come in with some fixtures that are relatively sort of easier for them to sort of maybe find their feet and, and pick up some results that would buy him a little bit of... Uh, you you know, create a little bit of a honeymoon period and hopefully sort of bring together you know, the fans and everything else maybe.
1: I think any new boss is probably going to be given time um, and they should be um, purely because of what's gone on before.
0: Bizarrely, we had sort of Oscar Garcia throw his hat into the ring, uh, the ex uh, ex Brighton boss. I had to be honest, I did have to Google him because it wasn't a name that immediately sprung to mind with me. Um, so that he's done, you know, obviously a, a good player with Barcelona in his day and, and, and won La Liga t- titles, but uh, as a manager, you know, failed to get sort of Brighton up, I believe, and, and, and then had a sort of very short reign at, uh, at Watford. Um, uh, you know is he a name even on the radar I, d- I doubt it you know like I say
1: they, they, they want this Premier League experience first and foremost it's what's sort of counting against candidates like Garcia and O'Neill. and you know quite often Uh, the managers that put their names forward and so publicly are not the ones being considered.
0: No, indeed, yeah. Well, any any gaffer that you've got at Google, I think, isn't going to be quite up there. Uh, And again, you just mentioned Michael O'Neill. You know, for me, it sounds kind of, you know, interesting in terms of being a sort of fresher face that... that maybe isn't instantly known to everyone, but has done so well with uh, with, with Northern Ireland. I mean, you know, is it someone that they might consider or is it too much of a too much of a sort of risk it's at this stage? It's too much of a gamble, I would say. I mean, it, you know, you don't know whether he's
1: a one-trick pony because he plays one way with with, with Northern Ireland. Um, then there's also the fact that international football is not at the level that it used to be. You know, Chris Coleman's just taken over the Sunderland job. And Wales got to the semi-finals of the Euros last year, so it, 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 I don't think Michael O'Neill. I'm sure he's a good manager, and I'm sh- and I'm sure he's probably worth a punt at some stage. Um, but the fact that he's you know being looked at by Scotland rather than you know Everton suggests that he might not be. Um, Of the level Mm. uh, that that Albion require.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a business at the end of the day. We've spoken about it in previous weeks, haven't we? You know, and we want to be Remaining in the Premier League, certainly at board level, that's the feeling, you know. And uh, and 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 you can't maybe take a risk on someone like that. It was interesting, though. You mentioned Chris Coleman because it was it was someone that sprung into my mind a a week and a bit ago, just before ironically he he went to go to Sunderland. I mean, uh, it sounds like he could have been maybe the guy who was obviously managed uh, in and around the top level for a while, you know. Went away and did excellently with Wales. Although obviously just missing out on qualification uh, recently, but you know someone like that might have been a sort of middle middle option maybe that could have provided some options
1: potentially. I know he's thought of very highly by those boys that cover Wales. Um, they they think he's a, he's, a, he's a good manager and and you know great to work with and, and, a, and a good tactician. I mean I don't you know he's taken the Sunderland job now so he's, he's off the cards he's off
0: the cards yeah but it, yeah it is interesting because with O'Neill as well they've got he has got sort of the experience of managing Evans and McCauley and, and Brunty and that as well you know would that sort of cover him any favour no
1: I don't of? think it should because McCauley's soon to retire mm. Brunty's coming to the end of his career I think that well, I don't think that would um, factor in anyone's mind and I don't think it should
0: Is there any more sort of uh, more left field options that you think are on the table at the minute? Um, You know, you always get sort of people like Ryan Giggs uh, sort of mentioned, which is almost a joke to me, to be honest. Because I mean, you know, what's the guy ever done really? But he almost seems to get mentioned in every in any every um, sort of managerial post. But is there anyone else coming up on the uh, on the sideline that possibly could get a mention?
1: Well, no, at the moment it's Premier League experience. So, and you know, they've they've been advised. Uh, by former technical director, Dan Ashworth, to hopefully go English as well. So, (laughs) I mean, that's probably Ashworth just being an FA man. But um, no, I think, at the moment, it's looking like a a solid, um, safe appointment. Um, But but we'll wait and see. I mean, you know, John Williams, when he was at Blackburn, I mean, we can only go on what he's done before. He did tend to go um, for reliable hands. Um, British based and so I expect them to do the same again um, but then again you know you've got um,
0: it's not just him making the decisions no. so we shall see Yeah, there's a, yeah there yeah, isn't really anyone else I can think of off of the top of my head to be honest, I mean I, I like someone in the mould of like a Chris Houghton or something really who, who feels like they've got a little bit of momentum behind them they've obviously managed highly before but he's done well at Creating a community spirit, a little bit of Brighton from what I can see but, from the outside.
1: And, and I appreciate that. And a lot of people have said to me, oh, what about Sean Deich and Eddie Howe? Mm. But, and I hate to say it because, you know, I'm an Albion fan myself, but why would they leave the clubs they're at to come to Albion, who are 17th in the league? You know, Burnley are currently 7th. Yeah. You know, um, Brighton are currently, I think they're in the top half maybe. Yeah. And they get 30,000 at the Amex. Uh, Eddie Howe is, you know, he he's tried leaving Bournemouth before, and he's been talked about as a possible successor for Wenger. You know, I I'm sure we would love to have those managers, but they they're not going to leave what they know is safe mm. um, for what is essentially a risk, mm. um, unless there are things going on behind the scenes at their clubs that we're, that we're unaware of, and I and you know that's that's the issue I think, and then you've also got to look at. Compensation packages. I mean, Everton are struggling to get Marco Silva out of Watford. It's very difficult to to lure a successful manager away from uh, an existing Premier League club. It doesn't happen very often. In fact, I don't think I think the last manager to do that was Pardew when he went from <laughs> enough, when yeah. he went from Newcastle to Palace. Yeah. So that means that if you want to lure a successful manager away, you need to look either abroad or in the lower leagues, and quite often. Um, they don't have the Premier League experience that you want or mm-hmm. that the club wants, sorry, that the board wants, so then you're limited to the managers that are available and they're out of work, but then they're out of work for a reason, and so this the pool that is at the start of the day, you know, this massive pool grows ever, grows ever smaller and shrinks ever further, now that, rightly or wrongly um, you know there are, I completely agree with those that say we should show some ambition, make a bold appointment um, but I'm sure John Williams will will um, will make a decision as he feels is the best interest of the club and what he thinks is the
0: right one. Yeah, you you you, you, are, you do struggle being in the position that we are because obviously you're, you're you're just above the relegation zone, but also you know for these big name managers that people talk about, the Coomans and even. Goodness knows, Ancelotti's and these sort of bosses, you know, they want Champions League football, you know, and it's a complete, you know, I think Cooman was there, he, he was at Everton, and he and he saw this big pile of cash, basically, and thought, well, at least I can, I've got a chance to build a, a squad that's got a chance to challenge, and if it puts me on a good footing, then there's other options for him abroad, probably. I, I just don't see it as an option for us. And that's the issue,
1: I mean, as, as I said, we spoke to John Wiley, who used to be on the board at the club, and he said, often the ones you want, don't want to come, and that's just the you know the black and white of it. That if you if you want to get Kuman if you want to get Mancini, if you want to get um, you know coaches like this, quite often they don't want to come. And that is not to say that this is not an attractive job. I think it is. Um, anything in the Premier League is attractive. Look at the, how we got Krakowiak through the door. You know, look at how Kieran Gibbs has come here. Look how Nasser Chadli come here. There is no doubt that the um, almost the gravitas and the pull. Of Albion is getting bigger, but it is still a team sitting 17th in the league, and to some managers of a certain reputation and a certain ilk, maybe a reputation that they give themselves in the in the case of Cumin, yeah. in the case of Koeman, um, it it is not as attractive as perhaps it should be. Yeah
0: and I think that's why maybe in the end it will end up being to sort of Pardew because you know he's a guy that they, they, they see that can be, you know have that sort of initial impact and it, it may work out I, my only fear with Pardew is that he won't be the sort of galvanising name for the fans and you're still going to have who would be who would be what a Mancini or somebody like that I well I I we've spoken um, a little bit about sort of the Derek McInnes and that but uh, you know they, they, they are you sort of looking at it in sort of uh, uh, rose tinted glasses in terms of like Megson a little bit uh, you know he was part of a great team that, that a lot of people supported in the recent past and uh, and with Megson had a lot of success but what you shouldn't you shouldn't appoint a
1: head coach based on sentimentality and you know McKinnis's playing days were learning what Half a dozen, a dozen games of good grace, and then all of a sudden he's just the manager, and he will be, live and die by the sword in the same way that any other manager does. I understand why fans want, um, you know, a McInnes or a Shakespeare or a Pearson because maybe not Pearson, but a McInnes or a Shakespeare. <laughs> Pearson because, would be interesting because because of his previous ties with the club, because the, the good, you know, the feel, the community feeling at the club has been lost. Well, not the community feeling that 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 that's not right, but the the feeling of. Um, Of everyone being as one and as a unit has been lost uh, during the the divisive times of Tony Pulis, but that will only last so long. And you know, McInnes, you could argue. I I personally don't think you should appoint on sentimentality. I think you should appoint a head coach um, based on ability and you know how good they are at their jobs, and not because they played for you. If If it was like that, we'd be looking at Richard's sneakers, do you mm. know
0: <laughs> Yeah, but well, no, he's right, and I think recently you've seen it as well, where you've had these understudies, a bit like Shakespeare, or like Unsworth, um, there's been a few others, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but you've had these sort of people who've been, they've tried to embed them in the club under an experienced coach for a long time, to, in the effort to bring them through, but then when that coach has gone, they've not, they've not actually been the man that the club ultimately wanted to take forward, so it's so hard to know what people actually want. Oh, well, that's because everybody wants
1: something <laughs> different from day to day. It's impossible yeah. to know. But yeah. they've just gone and try and, you know, make the the right decision that they that, that for the club.
0: Naturally, there's been loads of social media chat about, um, uh, and we've asked for your questions really just to see uh, Tessa Waters in what you're sort of uh, thinking out there on on Twitter and that. Matt, you got some ones there? To... Yeah, I've got loads
1: of questions. Thanks for uh, getting in touch, everybody.
0: Um, In your opinion,
1: this is from Kieran Maguire. In your opinion, should we go for the tried and tested, proven, keep us up defensive managers or instead try to play more offensive, entertaining football with someone
0: not proven in the Premier League? I think there's an there's a fans there's a fan sort of um, uh, response to this, and there's a, a probably a more pragmatic sort of you know um, uh, business sort of side to it. But for me, I would love someone to to completely change the philosophy and, and bring in something uh, completely new. You know, not. You know, not unlike what uh, they're doing down the road at uh, Molyneux with Nuno, really. You know, someone who seems to have come in and, and changed the philosophy after they had people like Lambert and that who were who were different, and uh, you know, almost swept it out and sort of you know, brought in those sort of players and that. But I, I don't believe it's something that happens mid-season for me. I believe that. Really, we're going to have to at this stage go with someone who's a bit more tried and tested. Uh, you know, I don't believe Cardew P- uh, is necessarily a sort of defensive manager. I think he's quite expansive in in sort of the way he tries to play. Certainly with Palace when they were on, they were, You know, they had, they were doing well with with Zahav and they were, um, playing wide. But so uh, yeah, for me, I think we're going to have to stick to. Uh, a model that we've um, that we've sort of trod in the recent sort of past, really. I think you want um,
1: slow and steady evolution. Yeah. And I know that's been like the buzzword of of this whole sort of regime since since the takeover. But I really do think that, you know, if you f- completely throw the shackles off and try and change them into you know, this expansive Barcelona team, that's going to be difficult after three years of what's gone before. That being said, there is obvious scope for playing a far more attacking brand of football with this squad and with these players. So I, I would like to see somebody, you know, who comes in and just maybe is a bit bolder, and is not defensive, I mean, I, I, I personally think that there, there probably isn't a coach out there who's going to play more defensively. Even Sam, mm-hmm. even Sam Allardyce plays a bit more yeah. Yeah, expansively, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. th- th- than Pulis does. Um, so uh, any, any coach is likely to be an improvement, I say any coach, I mean any coach in, in, a ter- in terms of, you know, elite level coaches that, that, that they will be looking at is likely to be an improvement in terms of um, attacking play if not, maybe results-based. You know, Pulis when he was when he was at his best.
0: Yeah. No. I think uh, I, I think that's the only options available at the minute. To be honest. Uh, Darren Guttridge asks, do you think they would consider a short-term until the end of the season appointment? I do. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the length of contract Pardew gets. Really, to be honest, I almost think that they. Well, are you talking w- about Pardew as if he's Yeah. Day? Yeah. No. I. I, 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 I he seems to be the sort of guy who's at the, uh, 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 you know, high up on the shortlist. If it was someone like that who has got the experience to come in and then sort of, you know, obviously keep us in the Premier League in the first instance, and then hopefully look to more long-term appointment. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would be my ideal, to be honest. Yeah. John Francis says, "How much influence does Hammond have, or is Williams now the key
1: influence?"
0: Mm. What do you think?
1: So John Williams is the, is the key man. He is the kingmaker. You know, he is the chairman who um on Lie will greenlight whatever he says. You know, Lie um, bows to Williams' football knowledge, and uh, he's very aware that this is not his um, industry; it's it's John Williams's industry. But Williams, I think Pulis going has given maybe Nick Hammond a a greater say. You know, Hammond was technical director who oversaw uh, the scouting department, but we know that Pulis had his own scouts and did a lot of scouting himself. Got Dave Kemp to do a lot of scouting too. Um, So Hammond will probably play a bigger role in the club now that Pulis has gone. Um, But, uh, you know, I think. um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Pardew comes in because that, there could be an obvious you know, link there between between Hammond and Pardew if that if that does seem to be the case. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Derek Poulton asks, the fans seem to be against Alan Pardew taking over for obvious reasons. Are the board aware of this? Well, I think the club, do monitor, you know, the general feel amongst amongst the fans um, on social media.
0: Um, I got that sense with Pulis to be honest. Yeah. So towards the end, I think that was one of the main, main factors. You know, I mean, there were swathes of people commenting. Obviously, uh, you know, that it's being, a bit of a melting pot on Twitter, isn't it? But I mean, yeah. That, and that being said, I do
1: think that it, it, it's like you say, it's a bit of a snake pit, um, and I don't think you can. You can you can take it as a barometer of what everyone's thinking. I think you know it's 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 it is there to be seen, but you know it's not. Oh yeah,
0: I don't think it was the the deciding factor in the decision. I think, like you said, it had probably been something that had been bubbling up for the last few weeks, really. But. but yeah, regarding sort of Pardew and any other successors, you know, I, like I just said, I, I do fear that that, I, that we would get someone in who, who didn't unite, sort of, uh, didn't bring a general consensus between all the fans, you know, of someone that they thought was going to be the right man for the job. But like you said, I mean, who can? There's very, very rarely sort of a you know, unanimous sort of adulation for someone. There isn't, is there? But I just hope that whoever does get the job. Um,
1: it's not the situation. I don't expect it to be, but it's not the situation like we've got David Moyes at West Ham, where his first jo- his first game there, and 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 the the crowd are already turning on the board and the players and on him at times. I don't think it'll be the case no. because I don't think the board are um, held in, in in such low esteem as they are at West Ham um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I don't think the players are either. Um, you know they're, they're very angry at West Ham for a number of reasons, and I think the the, the main reason why people were angry at, at Albion is has now left the club. Yeah. So I don't I don't envisage that happening. I think whoever comes in will be given a bit more.
0: Yeah, I think to... And I think Baggies fans generally, I would hope, being one myself, would give them you know whoever it is to come in have a good round of applause and and, and you, you know be backing them and you know we've known with purely ultimately, at down to results you know if they hit the ground running then it'll be great if by the new year you know things aren't going so well then well the knives will be out by then
1: well but even that even then I think then you can then you can look at it and think well actually this is a wider malaise in the club in the team and that that brings us on to a question from Graham Scott who says is our team as good as we think and it's, a, it's an interesting point. Mm. Um, you know, having spoken to, to, to John Williams in the past about this, you know, he, he was very um, irritated last season when fans dismissed the summer business where they got Matt Phillips and Alan Neal and Hal Robson khanu just out of hand as an underwhelming. He, he thought it was a good transfer window. And, and you know, um, actually, last season would suggest that it was. And then all the crowing about this. This summer, as a, as a fantastic window of business, he, you know, he's, he's a pragmatist, John. He said, Look, well, hold your horses, let's just see how it get, goes. And I agree with him, you can't judge um, business in a window until maybe six, maybe even 12 months further down the line. Um, so it's a, it's a valid point. And I would also say that, um, you know, the likes of Watford and other clubs in the league have improved as well. I think the standard of the Premier League, although there are a lot of teams in there that are. Uh, grinding their way to results, they can't score. You know, look at teams like Huddersfield and um, look at t- uh, you know other teams yeah. uh, like Swansea that can't score. But I think uh, overall the general sort of um, athleticism and dynamism and, and and overall play of the Premier League's teams are stronger now. I mm. think. Um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. Uh, you know, the likes of Oliver Burke. You know, he's been heralded as a, as, as a fantastic player. We yet to see it. That's not. Any ugh, due to any reason of his own fault, he's only 20 years old as well. He hasn't played much at all. So, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but we're not. We haven't seen it. Krakowiak was was this fantastic player or supposed to be. We get to see. Um, he looks he looks showed some nice touches early on, but we get to see it. You know, one of the. Um, I think Rodriguez has done well. I think Kevin Gibbs has done very well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very um,
1: but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. Yeah, we have. We've got to see how it all plays out a little bit. Yeah. The grows ever grows ever smaller and shrinks ever further. Now that, rightly or wrongly, um, you know, there are, I completely agree with those that say we should show some ambition, make a bold appointment, um, but. I'm sure John Williams will will um, will make a decision as he feels is the best interest of the club and what he thinks is the right one.
0: Yeah, you you you, you, are, you do struggle being in the position that we are because obviously you're you just above the relegation zone, but also you know for these big name managers that people talk about, the Coomans and even goodness knows like Ancelotti's and these sort of bosses you know they want Champions League football you know and it's a complete you know I think kuman was there he, he was at Everton and he and he saw this big pile of cash basically and thought well at least I can, I've got a chance to build a, a squad that's got a chance to challenge and if it puts me on a good footing then there's other options for him abroad probably I, I just don't see it as an option for us and that's the issue I mean, as, as I said we spoke to John Wiley who used to be on the board at the
1: club and he said often the ones you want don't want to come and that's just the you know the black and white of it that if you if you want to get kuman if you want to get mancini if you want to get um you know coaches like this quite often they don't want to come and that is not to say that this is not an attractive job i think it is um anything in the premier league is attractive look at the, how we got krakowiak through the door you know look at how kieran gibbs has come here look how Nasser chadley come here there is no doubt that the um almost the gravitas and the pull of Albion is getting bigger, but it is still a team sitting 17th in the league, and to some managers of a certain reputation and a certain ilk, maybe a reputation that they give themselves in the in the case of Cumin, yeah. in the case of Koeman, um
0: it it is not as attractive as
1: perhaps it should
0: be. Yeah. And I think that's why maybe in the end it will end up being to sort of Pardew because you know he's a guy that they they, they see that can be, you know have that sort of initial impact and it, it may work out. I, my only fear with Pardew is that he won't be the sort of galvanising name for the fans, and you're still going but to who have who would be who would be what a Mancini or somebody like that. I well I I we've spoken um, a little bit about sort of the Derek McInneses and that, but. Uh, you know that they, 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 are you sort of looking at it in sort of uh, uh, rose tinted glasses in terms of like Megson a little bit? Uh, you know he was part of a great team that, that a lot of people supported in the recent past, and uh, and with Megson had a lot of success. But what you shouldn't you shouldn't
1: appoint a head coach based on sentimentality. And you know McInnes's playing days were learning what half a dozen a dozen games of good grace, and then all of a sudden he's just the manager. And he will be, live and die by the sword in the same way that any other manager does. I understand why fans want, um, you know, a McInnes or a Shakespeare or a Pearson because maybe not Pearson, but a McInnes or a Shakespeare. <laughs> Pearson be, would be interesting because because of his previous ties with the club. Because the, the good, you know, the feel, the community feeling at the club has been lost. Well, not the community feeling that 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 that's not right, but the the feeling of um, of oh, everyone being as one and as a unit has been lost. Yeah. Uh, during the, the divisive times of Tony Pulis but that will only last so long and you know, Mc, McInnes you could argue I, I personally don't think you should appoint on sentimentality I think you should appoint a head coach um, based on ability and you know how good they are at their jobs and not because they play for you, if it, if it was like that we'd be looking at Richard sneakers. Do you mm.
0: know <laughs> yeah, well, no, he's right. And I think recently you've seen it as well, where you've had these understudies, a bit like Shakespeare or like Unsworth. Um, there's been a few others. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But you've had these sort of people who've been... They've tried to embed them in the club under an experienced coach for a long time to, in the effort to bring them through. But then when that coach has gone, they've not, they've not actually been the man that the club ultimately wanted to take forward. So it's so hard to know what people actually want. Oh, that's because everybody wants something <laughs> different from day to day. It's impossible yeah. to know. But yeah. they've just go and try and you know make the the right decision that they that,
1: that for the club.
0: Naturally, there's been loads of social media chat about, um, uh, and we've asked for your questions really just to see, uh, mm-hmm. uh, test the waters in what you're sort of uh, thinking out there on on Twitter and that. Matt, you got some ones there?
1: Yeah, I've got loads of questions. Thanks for uh, getting in touch, everybody. Um, In your opinion, this is from Kieran Maguire. In your opinion, should we go for the tried-and-tested, proven, keep-us-up defensive managers or instead try to play more offensive, entertaining
0: football with someone not proven in the Premier League? Um... I think there's an there's a fans there's a fan sort of um, uh, response to this, and there's a, a probably a more pragmatic sort of you know um, uh, business sort of side to it. But for me, I would love someone to to completely change the philosophy and, and bring in something uh, completely new. You know, not you know, not unlike what uh, they're doing down the road at uh, Molineux with Nuno really, you know, someone who seems to have come in and and changed the philosophy after they had people like Lambert and that who were were different and, uh, you know, almost swept it out and sort of, you know, brought in those sort of players and that. But I I don't believe it's something that happens mid-season for me. I believe that... Really, we're going to have to at this stage go with someone who's a bit more tried and tested. Uh, you know, I don't believe P- uh, Pardew is necessarily a sort of defensive manager. I think he's quite expansive in in sort of the way he tries to play. Certainly with Palace when they were on, they You know, they had, they were doing well with with the and they were, um, playing wide. But so uh, yeah, for me, I think we're going to have to stick to uh, a model that we've um, that we've sort of tried in the recent sort of past, right, I think you want um, slow and steady evolution. Yeah.
1: and I know that's been like the buzzword of of this whole sort of regime since since the takeover, but I really do think that you know, if you f- completely throw the shackles off and try and change them into you know, uh, this expansive Barcelona team, that's going to be difficult with, after 3 years of what's gone on before. That being said, there is obvious scope for playing a far more attacking brand of football with this squad and with these players. So I, I would like to see somebody, you know, who comes in and just maybe is a bit bolder and is not defensive. I mean, I, I, I personally think that there, there probably isn't a coach out there who's going to play more defensively. Even Sam, yeah. even Sam Allardyce plays a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, expansively, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. th- th- than Pulis does. Um, so, uh, any any coach is likely to be an improvement. I say any coach. I mean any coach in in, a ter- in terms of you know elite level coaches that 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 they will be looking at is likely to be an improvement in terms of um, attacking play, if not maybe results based. You know Pulis when he was when he was at his best.
0: Yeah. No. I think uh, I, I think that's the only options available at the minute. To be honest. Uh, Darren guttridge
1: asks, do you think they would consider a short term until the end of the season appointment
0: I do yeah i'd be interested to see what the length of contract Pardew gets really to be honest I almost think that they' well, you're well... talking about if he's yeah kind of... yeah no I, 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 I he seems to be the sort of guy who's at the on uh, uh, you know high up on the short list if it was someone like that who has got the experience to come in and then Sort of, you know, obviously keep us in the Premier League in the first instance, and then hopefully look to more long-term appointment. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that would be my ideal, to be honest. Yeah. John Francis says, how much influence does Hammond have, or is Williams now
1: the key influence? Mm. What do you so think? John Williams is the, is the key man. He is the kingmaker. You know, he is the chairman who um, on Lai will greenlight whatever he says. You know, Lai. Um, Bows to Williams' football knowledge, and uh, he's very aware that this is not his um, industry, it's it's John Williams's industry. But Williams, I think Pulis going has given maybe Nick Hammond uh, a greater say. You know, Hammond was technical director who oversaw uh, the scouting department, but we know that Pulis had his own scouts and did a lot of scouting himself. Got Dave Kemp to do a lot of scouting too. Um, so Hammond will probably play a bigger role in the club now that Pulis has gone. Um, but uh, you know, I think um, I think it'll be interesting to see if Pardew comes in because that there could be an obvious you know link there between between Hammond and Pardew if that if that does seem to be the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Poulton asks: the fans seem to be against Alan Pardew taking over for obvious reasons. Are the board aware of this? Well, I think the club monitor you know the general feel amongst amongst the fans um,
0: on social media um, i got that sense with Pulis to be honest yeah. so, towards the end I think that was one of the main, main factors you know I mean there were swathes of people commenting obviously uh, you know that it's a bit s- of a melting pot on Twitter isn't it but I mean
1: yeah that, and that being said I do think that it, it, it's like you say it's a bit of a snake pit um, and I don't think you can you can oh. you can take it as a barometer of what everyone's nah. thinking. I think you know it's 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 it is there to be seen, but you know it's not.
0: You know, the, oh yeah, the, well, I don't think it was the, the deciding factor in the decision. I think, like you said, it had probably been something that had been bubbling up for the last few weeks, really. But. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, regarding sort of Pardew and any other successors, you know, I, like I just said, I, I do fear that that, I, that we would get someone in who, who didn't unite, sort of, uh, didn't bring a general consensus between all the fans, you know, of someone that they thought was going to be the right man for the job. But like you said, I mean, who can? There's very, very rarely sort of a you know, unanimous sort of adulation for someone. There isn't, is
1: there? But I just hope that whoever does get the job. Um, it's not the situation I don't expect it to be but it's not the situation like we've got David Moyes at West Ham where his first jo- his first game there and and, and, and the, the crowd are already turning on the board and the players and on him at times I don't think it'll be the case no. because I don't think the board are um, held in, in, in such low esteem as they are at West Ham By any stretch of the imagination, Um, I don't think the players are either. Um, You know, they're very angry at West Ham for a number of reasons, and I think the the main reason why people were angry at Albion is has now left the club. So I don't I don't envisage that happening. I think whoever comes in will be given a bit more.
0: Yeah, I think and I think baggies fans generally I would hope being one myself would give them, you know, whoever it is to come in a good round of applause and you you know, be backing them and you know, we've known with purely ultimately it's down to results, you know, if they hit the ground running then it'll be great. If by the new year, you know, things aren't going so well then well the knives will be out by then. Well, but
1: even, that, even then, I think you, then, you can, then you can look at it and think, well, actually, this is a wider malaise in the, club, in the team. And that, that brings us on to a question from Graham Scott, who says, is our team as good as we think? And it's, a, it's an interesting point. Mm. Um, you know, having spoken to, to, to John Williams in the past about this, you know, he, he was very um, irritated last season when fans dismissed the summer business where they got Matt Phillips and Alan Neum and how Robson-Karnu just out of hand as an underwhelming he, he thought it was a good transfer window and and you know um, actually last season would suggest that it was and then all the crowing about this this summer as a, as a fantastic window of business he, you know he's, he's a pragmatist John he said look well I'll hold your horses let's just see how it get, goes and I agree with him you can't judge um, business in a window until maybe six maybe even 12 months further down the line um, so it's a, it's a valid point and I would also say that um you know the likes of Watford and other clubs in the league have improved as well. I think the standard of the Premier League, although there are a lot of teams in there that are uh, grinding their way to results, can't score. You know, look at teams like Huddersfield and um, look at you know other teams yeah. uh, like Swansea that can't score. But I think uh, overall the general sort of um, athleticism and dynamism and, and and overall play of the Premier League's teams are stronger now. I mm. think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. Uh, you know, the likes of Oliver Burke, you know, he's been heralded as a, as, as a fantastic player. We're yet to see it. That's not any, ugh, due to any reason of his own fault. He's only 20 years old as well. He hasn't played much at all. So, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to be good, but we're not, we haven't seen it. Krakowiak was, was this fantastic player or supposed to be. we yet to see. Um, he looks, he looks, showed some nice touches early on, but we get to see it. You know, one of the. Um, I think Rodriguez has done well. I think Kevin Gibbs has done very well. Yeah, yeah. Very um, much. But um, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting point. Yeah, we have. We've got to see how it all plays out a little bit. Yeah. Mike Campbell asks: Are we going to see more out of Rondon if we get a more attack-minded boss at present, and for a long time he's looking completely useless.
0: <laughs> he has looked a bit useless, to be honest. I, um, I, I, I would definitely hope so. I, I believe he's a guy that, that that you know can play up on his own, and and and, and he's strong enough to do that. But I think he, you know ha- having him and Rodriguez up front would be. Uh, one way to try and give him that partner to play off, um, and also I think it's been the case that we, we we've not having Brunt and not having Phillips in the team. Those those dead ball situations and those crosses in the box haven't you know they've just not been there when they haven't been in there. So the, the team hasn't been set up to play to his strengths. So as much as it is Rondon who I think has been underwhelming in recent weeks, I think it's um, I think it's the general team setup hasn't aided him either.
1: Mm. So Mark Colley asks Why do they specifically want premiership experience When the likes of Watford and Southampton Look at potential
0: and success On the applicant's records We are limited to failed (laughs) has-beens Oh god failed has-beens Blimey he's gone in there hasn't he Uh, Yeah another tricky one really Uh, It's um, It is a case that maybe We've sort of relied on a lot of players That you know not necessarily Sort of um, I've forgotten the question actually Yeah, sorry, lost my thread there. We just rolled it again. So Mark Colley asks, why do they specifically
1: want Premier League experience when the likes of Watford and Southampton look at potentials and success
0: on their applicants' records? Uh, It's a good point, I suppose. You know, money talks, doesn't it? Really, you know, um, we're a club that. Uh, obviously been a sort of a yo-yo club over the years, but now we've established ourselves in the Premier League and, and they want that to continue. They've, they hired Pulis because they wanted a man in there to be um, a, a guy who can provide structure and provide pre- a Premier League football. So I don't see them particularly wanting to move away from that that remit, especially when you're 17th in the league and you know you, you've you've you, you're in danger of going down. It's just <laughs> you know yeah, I can't see as much as I would like someone who was a bit more. Sort of uh, maybe left field, like I've just mentioned to Chris and or someone of that ilk. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't see them. I always thought that it was going to be someone like an Allardyce that would end up being there. Really,
1: I think, I I think they they could be a bit bold with their with their choice here. I think they've got an opportunity to be bold. Um, you know, they've got a strong foundation now at the club, a, a good squad, and I think it it would be great to go and get the next Marco Silva, now it's not, that's not easy is it, let's be honest, it's not easy, just in the same way, it's not easy to go and find the next N'Golo Kante, um, and I think, you know, pragmatists will, on the whole, go for tried and trusted, to, you know, managers that have managed already, in the, at this level, and for every Marco, you know, for every Marco Silva, there was a Pepe Mel, so, <laughs> I love Pepe
0: Mel though, he was fun,
1: he was fun, <laughs> yeah, that was about it, that was about it, yeah, that's true, but, do you do you get the point you yes know, it's, it's, it's whether you, it's how much risk do you want to take and that stems from the owners i would guess they
0: don't want to get relegated um for a, for a club that's just you know had this massive new investment it's just it's just a no-brainer isn't it really well they haven't invested much money they've just bought the club
1: mm. i mean the money they spent in the summer was just what they earned from the tv broadcasting rights so they've not invested i mean they've invested uh you know over 175 million in buying the club and they don't want to go down obviously so that might be part of it um, I, 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 I would like to see a bold uh, choice but then again I suppose every every choice you make is a bold to a certain extent um, because even going with the likes of Pardue is bold because it's a new face and you know I know it got to a stage of Pulis where we had to cut the cord but you know that's almost the easy part and this is the difficult part now and um, but I, I understand um, the uh, concerns about this sort of, um, pref, 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 you know, this this the, the fact they prefer to have Premier League experience. You know, it should be based on how good the man, the manager is, regardless of where he's been. But that being said, the Premier League, with its you know, um, its squads of millionaires and its and its global recognition and it and the way that. and the way the pressure ramps up uh, so quickly, it it is kind of unlike any other league in the world. Um, You know, there is pressure, of course, in other leagues, at big clubs in other leagues, but maybe not at sort of all the clubs in that league. So, yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see. um, And we can only, um, I think we can only judge the new man You know, after he comes in, and and, and probably a few months after
0: he comes in as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Well, we'll get on to sort of predictions this weekend. Obviously, um, uh, West Brom um, going to visit Tottenham uh, down at Wembley this uh, weekend. Uh, How do you see it sort of panning out? I'd love to say that they gave, you know, like
1: a a new manager bounce or a Megsum bounce, but um, (laughs) I I think that Spurs, they beat Dortmund last night and uh, riding on the Champions League, and I think. You know, at Wembley, they've 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 not they they've got rid of that hoodoo now, haven't they? And I think yeah. they might um, just be good enough. But I think there'll be a bit of fight from the Albion. Um, I'm going to go for a 3-2
0: Barnsdorf. Oh, wow, that would be good, yeah. Two goals in a game. me, that'd be hallowed uh, uh, ground, I think. Um,
1: well, they scored two <laughs> against uh, Man City, didn't they? Oh,
0: yeah, that's true. And that's Watford. True. And what? Well, I see. What Just do didn't I win the games. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, uh, Yeah, I think I spoke about it a couple of weeks back or week, last week, you know, thinking that these Chelsea and Tottenham games were never going to be the games that we were going to sort of uh, uh, threaten, really. So I, I'm afraid, yeah, I think we may go down down by about 2 nil. I don't massively see your scoring to be honest So, but still doom and gloom oh, no. after this week Absor- what a pessimist I am right yeah but uh, anyway thanks uh, very much Matt it's been uh, a good chat and I, no doubt the next few days there's going to be plenty of development so uh, please keep it on expressandstar.com um, Matt thanks very much thanks Andy can
1: I just remind everyone to uh, rate and review the podcast if you haven't already that helps and let your friends know to listen
0: yeah Uh, Thank you very much. Have a good week. Uh, See you soon.